0: And welcome to Parade of Dicks. I am your host, Lucy Buttons, the Dick Finder General. And I'm here with my co-producer, Janelle. What's up? Hi, Janelle. Hello. We have a very special guest in the house tonight. Very special guest. Here in person, live, the one and only Miss Bonnie. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming all the way out here. Miss Bonnie uh, is known mostly, I would say, most prolifically for um, her work running Le Scandal, Cab- Cabaret, Variety. What are we? It's like, it, what's the extended version? I always just call oh, it Le Scandal. No,
1: Le Scandal, Burlesque, Variety, Live Music. It's all there. It's all there. So it's on,
0: you've never been to that one, John i I've invited you, but yes. it's on Theater Row on 42nd Street and 9th Avenue mm-hmm. at the Lori Beachman Theater, which is actually, it's weird. You walk into the West Bank Cafe and, and there's like a around. back staircase and you go downstairs. I've
2: been there. I've never seen a show because. Oh, you've been
0: there just not for her show that I'm in all the time?
2: I picked you up a few times. That's about it. <laughs> 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 Carried your bags after.
0: When did you do that?
2: I Most recently was Valentine's Day.
1: Okay, oh, yes. That was a year ago. That's true. Yeah. Oh, are you going to star in this Valentine's Day show? Sure, I haven't been asked <laughs> yet, Miss Bonnie, but
0: I would <laughs> love to. I used your
1: picture. <laughs> oh, okay, great.
0: Oh, yeah, because you like my dirty Valentine's pictures. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I would love to. So I'm promoting you, but...
2: <laughs> Widely Panned is an amazing amazing show yes. In the city
0: So it's every mm-hmm. Saturday Doors are at 10 And you mm-hmm. have to get your tickets online Because it usually sells out We had a whole huge group uh, The last time I was there That couldn't get in Because they didn't mm-hmm. buy their tickets in advance yes. So
1: And then they throw a temper tantrum at the door <laughs> And then they write mean things about me online Oh well People write mean things online about
0: me all the time. They write them to me, though. They oh, actually yes. like they send me mean notes just to make me feel good.
2: That's awesome. At least nobody sends me mean notes. They just don't talk to me, period.
0: Well, which do you think is better? Exactly. Which do you think is
2: worse? Or which do you think is better? I think both are better.
0: I think yours equally is bad. better. No, I think yours is better. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not hear from someone than just hear that
2: I'm a friend. <laughs> <Like.
0: laughs> so the last time I was there, Bonnie... Um, Bunny hasn't – she She used to host all the time and sing. She has mm-hmm. some very funny, very uh, dirty songs, one of which is called Scrotum, which, oh. of course, I love.
2: The, the, um, that's all Lucy up there? Yes. Anything with balls?
0: But so she she's usually there um, anyway and does Curtain Call and all that stuff, you know, producing it, running the show. And I've been asking them to, uh, to plug our show, Parade of Dicks. At La scandal when they introduced me Mm -hmm. and Shelly Watson uh, (laughs) liked to oblige um, because she she understands my love of dicks and so uh, Bonnie was like I want to be on your show and so I followed up with her to see if she wanted to be a guest so she's actually the first person to volunteer herself to be that instead of me begging
2: (laughs) usually we need to prove to them that it's it's not that bad
0: Right. But she's no. never listened to it, so she has no oh. idea what's about to happen.
2: Oh, it's gonna be a surprise for all of us then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's Dick, gonna happen.
1: I'm dickcentric you know. I could be in a You're show in. like this. You're in. I yeah. think I'm gonna be
2: booted out as a co host. <laughs> it's gonna be Bonnie from Me now Bonnie. on. I'll be the one producing in the background playing with a cat while you guys talk. I know it I know it I yeah. know it.
0: What- Bonnie and I have a pretty good mm-hmm. time together, so yes, that could do. happen. Yeah. Oh. We once got like really shit faced at like three PM <laughs> <laughs> we went for lunch and then we were just shipping.
2: But when when else will, are you going to drink? It's 3 p.m. You start there.
0: Okay, no judgment.
1: Well, we started <laughs> at noon though. That's yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. And by three we were drunk. <laughs> That's
2: perfect time. I think it's five o'clock somewhere.
0: Yeah. So usually, Bonnie, we start off with a dick disqualifier. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. things that if I learn about someone or see on their profile mm-hmm. will disqualify them from my vagina. Okay. So today um, I was thinking we could talk about messy men. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you know, men generally are not the cleaner gender. Uh, I should say straight men. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I should clarify that. Um, But if I go to their house and it's like really disgusting, Mm -hmm. like it's never been cleaned. Yeah. Yeah, And there's laundry all over because, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a guy in his late thirties, early forties. By then you really got to have your shit together.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Have, have you had that happen to you? Well,
1: my current husband—the first. Your two, current husband. You'll you plan to have early. some in the future. <laughs>
2: Perfect. I <laughs> love it already.
1: <laughs> like I've had ten of them in the past. Did my they puppy. die of <laughs> <laughs> unknown causes? <laughs> well, that's how I got my—I funded my show <laughs> 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 for life insurance policies. <laughs> Um, He is very, very clean with his hygiene. Okay. So that's the most important thing to me. He always smells good, and he cuts his nose hairs. And there's no no hair coming out of any orifice that it shouldn't be. Oh, that's nice. Yes. yes, So he always smells good. He can be a little messy, but so can I. But um, to me, the worst thing is I had a male friend, and believe me, at a be a very cool person because I still hung out with him but he, he stunk <laughs> <laughs> he would go to yoga class and he just hot yoga and Ugh. would just tell me he didn't wash his clothes because it's just water coming out of him and I said it's water going through your glands and your sweat glands it's like and piss your-. coming out of your yeah, pores yeah <laughs> yeah and he's you know anyway so that no they can't foul. be smelly. I'm I'm Nostradamus. I smell
2: everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean it's a good it's a good qualifier that you know we have mm-hmm. certain levels of messiness and there's mm-hmm. personal messiness, personal hygiene, there's also mm-hmm. environmental. Like mm-hmm. I try to be I feel that I'm above average with regards to neatness and organization. I'm definitely not up there. And when I first started uh, I was very messy. Uh, it's a learned. Uh, when you first started what? When I first started living by myself. Good okay. qualification. Mm-hmm. Because, like, back home, back in the Philippines, you know, we Your live mom in,
0: took care of you. And we had have, maids, probably.
2: Head maids. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like oh, the norm right. there. you are rich there. We're not rich. It's just a norm. There, you
0: were rich. Mm-hmm.
2: Rich in re- relative terms. But yes. There's a house staff that will take care of your
0: house staff. Yeah, we'll take care <laughs> of. of lovely, Bonnie. Let's move to the
2: Philippines. <laughs> I told you, like it's it's an amazing, amazing place. If you just don't like, if you can suffer through the traffic, it's a great place. It's three hundred sixty five mm-hmm. days of beach weather.
0: Is that a respectable career to be someone's house staff? Yeah, in the uh, it's not it's, like looked down
2: on. It's not looked it's down not on slave bec- labor because you are part of the family. You're basically you live there. Yeah. Most of them will live in your house. They will have small houses within your house. I
0: don't think you're supposed to say them. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> most of well, No, it, I think it's fine because it's part of our culture. It's yeah. part of mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, people raise their families within our families mm-hmm. and we treat them like you so treat nannies, your own.
0: housekeepers, mm-hmm.
2: chefs. Yeah. yeah. So usually it's like you have a, a a couple of people dedicated for cleaning and maintaining the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of, one or two people dedicated to laundry. Definitely a person to cook, um, and if you're a bigger family, you have a bigger house. You'll have people maintaining your lawn, your cars. Also, my mom has a driver, has an assistant, and has uh, it has a personal assistant for wow. work and an assistant for home. So, but wow. that's semi normal. I mean, most people will have some form of a house staff within, in their houses. If you're Middle income, even from a little below in middle to a little above income, you'll start having them.
1: Do you have a wet nurse?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you they could, you could, because like when my when my grandfather mm-hmm. uh, got a little older and he got bedridden, so he'll have he'll have he'll have his own. He'll no, have?
1: a wet nurse nurses the babies. Yeah. Oh yeah, we do have two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean,
2: like, <laughs> but my two nephews will have their own, both wet nurse and both nannies, so they have their own.
0: Wow! Wow!
2: Individual.
0: I think that's a little weird. I mean, I know it's like Mm -hmm. with animals or we're drinking cow's milk, right? Which is weird too. But the idea of like sucking on a stranger's tit for nourishment is kind
1: of, I can't really wrap my
0: head around
2: it.
1: They bond with whoever they're nursing
0: with.
2: There are certain things that you will never, you look at different cultures. I think
0: it's part of their immune system. Mm
2: -hmm. You look look at different Mm -hmm. cultures and it's a lot of them you understand. But when you really get in deep with certain kinds of countries or, or or cultures, you'll be like, oh my, the differences that would happen. Yeah. Like it's very, very normal for, for um, so the number one export of the Philippines, that's why it's always like a stable country, never too great, never too bad, are people. So a lot of people are, we call OFWs, overseas Filipino workers. And what happens is like me and my ex-wife when we're talking about having kids, take care of the kid for a few years, once they're old enough to go to school, we'll ship them back and the grandparents will take, take care of them in, in the Philippines until they're old enough to come back here so that we don't have to have to leave them in daycare. and So, so that's normal. That's wow. that's not out of the norm. A lot of Filipinos grew up like that.
0: I can't imagine that. And I will mm-hmm. say that now I have a second disqual- dick disqualifier because if someone had a wet uh-huh. nurse, they're out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> People
0: just- worked. Yeah. Uh, not trying to judge culturally, but mm-hmm. I just, you know. Yeah.
2: Well, so it happens. I mean, because everybody, that's a problem. Too. It's a third world country. Everybody will have to work. Here, sure. you think about uh, if you don't have work, you know, there's welfare, there's unemployment, yada, yada, yada. Back you know, back home,
0: well,
2: if you don't work, you're dead. It's not even like you're going to live in the streets. You're dead. That's, that's pretty much it. You have to hustle. Um, every single person, able-bodied person will be working. You know? I
0: think people with welfare and food stamps and... Um, unemployment here though that's not enough to live on that's I mean true. I don't know how much you know about those programs but it is not enough to live on certainly not in New York City sure. but sure. I, I doubt it yeah. is anywhere I don't know anybody who gets those benefits that's not seriously struggling to survive awesome um, <laughs> See, no, I, mean, I was just thinking like want, want, what a downer no, it's
2: like how amazing the tangent we've gone from being messy to cultural divide and you know yeah. social political structures in the government that's what's
0: so interesting about our podcast it's amazing <laughs> and Anyway, that's not why Bonnie came. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Back to Bonnie. uh,
0: Back to Bonnie. Uh, So, Bonnie, sometimes we play a game which, unfortunately, now we attribute to someone not so friendly. But even backstage, especially at festivals uh, when we have lots of time to kill, I will ask everyone um, if they've ever heard of a bag of dicks joke. Uh And um, most people have heard of it. And I feel like when someone says, you know, you're a bag of dicks or I'll hit you with a bag of dicks or whatever the fuck you picture a bag of dicks. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) I want to know what your bag of dicks looks like. So when someone says bag of dicks, what does it mm -hmm. look like in
1: your head? Okay. Well, this is the first time I've heard that expression. Okay. (laughs) So what came to mind, um, one particular penis that really stands out in my long experiences of seeing and feeling penises is that there was (laughs) One poor fellow that was circumcised, and it was a botched job. So Oof. I never forgot what that looked like, because <laughs> it was quite <laughs> mutilated. Oh, poor my thing. God. And um, so that, I don't know, that popped into my head. But, you know, just... Like there was some foreskin, or... Mm, no, just how, a how lot of um, indentations and choppiness there, and... Gotcha. Yeah, it, wasn't, it was a little bit deformed, It was ripped for your pleasure, though, (laughs) I guess, if you could get over its
0: deformities.
1: Yes, yes. So, I don't know. Just, um, I don't know in the context of what that expression means. Sure. So,
0: let me tell you, I Mm -hmm. mean, our audience, unfortunately, has heard my bag of dicks before, Mm -hmm. but mine is like, When I picture a bag of dicks in my Mm -hmm. head, it's a brown paper bag, Mm -hmm. like a like a grocery bag. And then the top edge has been folded over and inside Mm -hmm. it is a bunch of dicks. And they're um, they're white dicks, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: not the not the color white, but they're of Uh white males. They're Mm -hmm. erect. They're Mm -hmm. circumcised. And they're bobbing Uh in like a pool of cum.
1: Oh, my God. That's what my bag of dicks, that's what came to mind the (laughs) first time I heard it. No, I thought of that it was some kind of like see-through, like, you know, net material. And um, they were pretty multi-ethnic. And um, I think of the balls, though. I just, you know. The balls are there? No, I didn't think of that. But, you know. I no don't. balls, just the dicks. Yeah, and they were pleasant and Were and they big or small or all, all sizes? Different sizes? Were they hard or soft? They were definitely hard. I can't oh. even yes. I can't even picture a soft penis. Why I'm, would you want to? <laughs> there are no noodles, soft noodles in my vision. No noodles in Bonnie's bag. <laughs> no no, oh no my noodles.
0: God. And are they circumcised or not or yeah. mixed? Yeah.
1: No, circumcised. So yeah. that's what
0: you prefer basically yes. is a hard circumcised dick yes. of any yes. color and size. I don't want it size. in its own see-through
2: case. Don't forget about a see-through bag. So. What do
0: you mm-hmm. think the see so we're, th- we we kind of use this to psychoanalyze right. your mm-hmm. sex life. What do you think the see-through mesh bag is I, about? M-
2: m- yeah. I'm imagining she
1: always wants to see one. Oh, yeah, is that true? It was more like, you know, a fit uh, fishing net. So, you know, it could be fishing. You, you for, caught them. You were caught fishing yeah. for oh, dick. I caught them. I caught Even them. better. <laughs> I love that. That's a really good bag of
0: dicks.
2: Far more interesting than most of what we've heard.
0: <laughs> well, Ty did have the smell. His, his bag smelled amazing, like mahogany. Oh, yeah. Ma- yeah.
2: He wanted a giant mahogany bag black dick
0: yeah his was really weird but um uh-huh. you know he doesn't sleep with men so that's probably why he went on that long tangent but the only oh. the only smelly bag mm-hmm. and you did mention uh your husband smells so um you and got your husband <laughs> smells. smell in a good way in a positive yeah, he's way scented he's, he's scented he's scented in a lovely <laughs> is it a cologne or is it his natural pheromones
1: wow
2: muskiness manly smell
1: he said that even his like you know his cousins and stuff growing up would I guess subconsciously, kind of nestle towards his armpits. <laughs> it's really strange. That's also a good
2: sign. Is he a very? Is he a healthy person? Yeah, so well, that's, kind I, of.
1: Not really. No he, no, he was an athlete. So. There you
2: go. Because usually, it's you know what you smell is what you intake. So no,
1: he eats like shit stuff. But
2: believe me. <laughs> uh, boys and girls, Chanel um, eats at
0: McDonald's, so yeah. it's all relative. Yeah. No, I, I, think I think it's I his smell okay. that he inherited. Ah. Yeah, and I think that depends. Mm-hmm. There's like a that's a that's a biological thing where mm-hmm. two different people, your smells have to l- like each yeah. other and, and yeah. the stinky guy, you probably didn't have chemistry for that guy.
1: That's true, but I think he really did stink. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you and Saul have been married like a year? In a year and a half. A but year and a half. Known each other for 30 years. Wow. Okay. Yes. So, that means, so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, how do I say this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got married later in life.
1: Yes, I did. But you'd known
0: him for forever. Mm hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about
1: your relationship leading up to that? Well, it's kind of funny. We met in this honky tonk in the Lower East Side. <laughs> <laughs> there was still honky tonk
2: <laughs> in the Lower East Side. What was it called? It sounds
1: like a B novel. Um, I think it was called The Waterfront Crab House. And I was a singing waitress. And <sighs> he was um, sitting in. And there was a country night. Because he's a musician. Yes. Okay. Yes. He plays fiddle and guitar and sings. And... I was one of the few people that knew uh, some country music, because I had just moved from New Orleans. Okay. So I, you know, he was actually not dating me at that time, but I met him then, and then I hooked up with him later, and we just kept, you You're know. you so hip with the hookup. How, how, how fast, though? Oh, not that hookup. Okay. Well, he claims that our, like, first or second date, he came to my apartment, and he, he, just turned around for three seconds and i he turned back and i was naked that's his side of the story (laughs) i think i like that i think i I think that's
2: a very good story i understand why he says that kind of story story.
1: and then he fell in love with me oh the moment he saw you naked yes and so a
2: few dates mm
1: -hmm, a few dates a few dates but okay so we we were we met in the slower east side honky-tonk and i saw him play and i thought god what is he he's so good. What is he doing in this dump? (laughs) And he was like, no, I like to play dumps, and I was trying to move up in in my career and get out of the dump. But we lived together for a little while, and this was before burlesque, but I was making um, corsets, and you asked about a little funny story. I was um, making crafts in the bed one night, and um, I thought I had cleaned out all the sparkly stuff, but I hear this scream in the morning, and he's like, oh, my God. He had gotten a red star stuck on his penis. <laughs> and he thought he was bleeding. But he, when he looked at it, he saw it was a star. And he goes, Bonnie, I only got one star from that <laughs> <last night." laughs> so we
0: That's like, funny. Yes. Way to mark your territory.
2: Yes, yes. I think that, I think 30, that you know, 30 some odd years ago, mm-hmm. that was a sign. Star mm-hmm. and a dick.
1: One star, well, and he it- still kept coming back.
2: At least it's the guiding star, I guess.
1: Yeah. So it's was yeah. making these, you know, corsets because Madonna was popular then, and and you know all this like uh, sparkling underwear and stuff. Yeah. Before burlesque. Um, it was pre-burlesque, but I always kind of had a burlesque element to my act. My nightclub act had a lot of boas, It had a feather fan. It, you know, it was it was very burlesque inspired. Sure.
0: And so you dated on and off for 30 years, mm-hmm. and you moved back and forth, and he moved back and forth a bunch. Right. Nice. So why, why was
1: it on and off? Oh, well, you know, it's just two kind of, you know, showbiz, you know, emotional type of personalities and whatever, but... He came back up here to take care of his mother in mm-hmm. her elderly years and we got back together and then we got married by Elvis in Vegas. Yeah, flew out
0: mm-hmm. to Vegas and got married.
2: It's my, my dream mm-hmm. wedding. Really? But I want Elvis <laughs> and an alien.
0: Okay, <laughs> why?
2: Because I just want best of both worlds. Okay. <laughs> this world and the other.
0: So now you're Mm -hmm. living together. Have you lived with a a significant
1: other before? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I live with Saul. I live with a crazy Hispanic guy, a crazy Latino. (laughs) Who was your boyfriend at the time? Yes, he was a little crazy. And... um, sure here and there I mean I prefer to go to them so then I can get up and leave after sex but there's been a few that have (laughs) come into my my abode and stayed for a while sure so how (laughs) do you like living together? I love it (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) okay good Mm -hmm. living together is hard. It is hard it's so hard. I,
2: I think living together is much much more of a milestone than getting married because I think getting married but you can just move out uh, true uh, but <laughs> that's when you figure out whether you can mm-hmm. make those social constructs like a marriage and mm-hmm. like have joint accounts and make babies that's because true. if you if you need to start none off of us have babies like if say
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah, yeah that's when you really put the put the tests on your relationship when you start negotiating real estate within the apartment, you know, negotiating chores, uh, resources. Wait, that's supposed
0: to be a negotiation? I'm not just supposed to do all of it?
2: Of course not. Oh. I mean, it depends on how you.
0: I think it's important to train your partner. (laughs) When you're a lady, you have to train the men. So I start off really early by asking them to pick something up on the way. Huh. Like often,
1: <laughs> very often.
0: <laughs> and, I'll, and you know, oh, oh, I forgot to get, you know, th- some limes. Can you pick up a couple of limes? And then, mm-hmm. like, do you need anything else? I'm like, oh, could you give me a bottle of laundry detergent, too? Just to, like, mm-hmm. see.
1: Mm-hmm. See how thoughtful they are, too.
0: <laughs> to see how thoughtful, yeah. to see if they're willing to do it, yeah. and mm-hmm. then to sort of, like, Get them used to it. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's a good plan. That's true. That's a good plan.
2: No, it's a it's a big milestone to move mm-hmm. in with somebody. And how was how's the how's the initial merging of the two personalities?
1: I mean, we had known each other for so long, but it's true. You do have to you know somebody really a lot more intimately when you live with them. And that's true, I think, even for any roommate. I mm-hmm. moved in with a best friend of mine and all kinds of personality traits came out, like civil huh. or something. I didn't know they were there. <laughs> so it it is true with just living with anybody.
2: What What are the biggest or what? Are, give us a few surprises that you've discovered, even knowing the person for for multiple decades. That when Gosh. you first moved in together, was like, oh my god, I didn't know that that was part of you.
1: Um, with my husband, yeah. Oh God, now there's going to be a pause because I really don't have an answer. <laughs> no. Well,
0: but to be fair, while you're thinking about mm-hmm. that, when they first moved in together, because mm-hmm. I, because I've had the pleasure of seeing their, their first home together, yeah. they had multiple bedrooms and bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's... They're still separate. That's probably why uh-huh. you're still married because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you each were able to have your own space, your own closets, mm-hmm. your own bathrooms, which right. bathrooms can sometimes be the hardest it's thing. Tricky. Especially yes. for, well, for both, but women, And, you know, and burlesque Mm -hmm. people and performers, Mm -hmm. we need space to get ready and And to have all that stuff. And and time. He
1: gives me that. He gives me space to make pasties and stuff. And, you know, it's very different, really, when you're, like, you know, 25 and you're living with somebody. Yeah. you, You know, then... When you're 29, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's it's a little bit different. But, okay, that would be an answer. I didn't know that he really wanted his own bathroom. Oh, wow. And he makes it like a bar. You know, he puts a stool in there, and he drinks and smokes in there. <laughs> it's so What he, is he, he smoking? No, he's just smoking cigarettes. Okay. But, I mean... You know, that he he's hangs out. Stuff. He hangs out in there. I think he even talks to the mirror. I'm <laughs> sure. It's like his best friend. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean,
2: I don't hear a, a lot of guys or a lot of men requiring a bathroom. Usually you usually have a man cave?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, my God. The I psycho- guess that's his man cave. Oops. I'm sorry. Something. No, it's okay. You're fine. This, the psychopath that I dated, he should have had his own bathroom. He ah. didn't. But he, I swear he was secretly smoking in there and I would mm-hmm. call him out on it and he was just such a fucking liar. But <laughs> he spent so much time in there. I would get ready. I would blow out my hair and set it in rollers and do my makeup and all the shit like for a real night out, you know? And he was still getting ready. He took forever, and that's not that's, that's not my type. Strange. I like them to kind of be sitting there waiting for me, like what the fuck has taken so long while I, I do all of my extra things. I yeah. don't need a man to be, a third dick disqualifier this episode, I don't need a man to be more high-maintenance than me.
2: That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, not to be totally sexist, mm-hmm. but if you're going to be in a relationship be if you're a man, be the person with that needs less time in confined spaces.
0: If you're going to be in a straight relationship, yeah, I
2: mean, yeah. just be with a,
0: the, especially with a high maintenance girl. If exactly. you're if you're chasing the tail, that's like fully done up. You we, there can't be two of that.
2: And if that's yeah. their profession too, that's their moneymaker. You have to give them time in the bathroom, do makeup, uh, uh, get clothes multiple times. You know, pack. So you need to give them space. Like I I was, I was both lucky. And unlucky that the, the, the person that I lived with for the longest time took so much time in the bathroom. She needed an hour and a half.
0: Wow. Every day, like just to go to work?
2: Every day just to go to work. So
0: did you that's have to crazy. leave you know, earlier? so
2: that's the thing. Um, the good thing about it is we're very, very organized. She was very, very organized. She knew that she had 30 minutes in that hour and a half, that she could be either in the bathroom with me or not to be in the bathroom. So that's my window to come in, shower, brush my teeth and then I'll come out, get dressed. And so between the time that she's getting dressed, I could still sleep, nap, wake up, do my morning thing and get out of work half an hour earlier than she would. But it was always consistent. Like I knew once she started showering 30 minutes after I should shower. Because after exactly,
0: that- because I'm gonna let my hair air dry mm-hmm. during that time and eat and mm-hmm. drink my coffee, exactly. and then I'm gonna go back to finish my exactly. hair and do my makeup
2: and leave. Yeah, I mean, and I under, I mean, initially, what I was complaining about was all the damn lights that we had to add everywhere. Oh, but you know, I yeah. don't
0: want to see myself that well. No, but
2: makeup <laughs> ma- make when okay. ap- applying makeup, even on a day to day basis, it's not necessarily has to be elaborate, it needs to be even. So, if you're working in a professional environment, you have to have, like, decent makeup. You can't have, like, half your makeup, one tone and a half. So, I understood that. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) it's good for it. sometimes that those are the things that I never thought that, like, I thought that, you know… They'll do a thing, and then I'll do a thing, and that would be good, and we can have everything separate, but even medicine cabinet space, it's very important. I mean, I'm I'm a dude, but I still, I have a couple of hair products, I have a couple of shaving things, I have a thing to clip my nose hair, and my nails.
0: That's really important, by the way, we can't Mm -hmm. emphasize enough how important it is to take care of your nose hair, and (laughs) ear hair.
2: Ear hair, there you go.
1: Definitely.
0: It's like your barber will do it for you. Mm-hmm. You can actually go to people who do waxing and have your ears waxed. <laughs> there oh, are wow. very famous people that I've witnessed having their ears waxed. Ooh. So, like you know, go ahead and and take care of all that stuff. Yeah. It needs it needs doing. Mm-hmm. All of the men and, It's and nasty. Those, I
1: hate those bushy eyebrows that men ah. get when they get older. Your barbers oh, will trim that that's too. Well, he doesn't have those. that's good but so i
0: i don't think i would date a i mean i have um i dated the psycho was a musician but you know i found it difficult because sometimes then you're like he -hmm. was like
1: fighting for attention and i'm like i'm not even competing with you like i don't care yes yes. you find that now still that could be a little bit part of it no no more so when i was younger but he was also very supportive of me that way yeah because he gets it mm -hmm, but we can't work on music together we really have a problem doing that and he says it's it's to lead people i guess but we can work writing together like creative writing Hmm. we do very well but um yeah i don't know what it is with music i'm like i can't hear you not playing the chords right (laughs) you're, you're singing over me you're singing too loud and how oh, funny. Uh, yeah, it's always a fight. That's very <laughs> interesting
2: because that was my next question because you're both artists and performers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we've talked about the, on this podcast before, my personal preference is hopefully or if I think I do well with a partner that is a performer or in the, in the arts because I think collaborating with them, with your partner, both on and off work is cool. But hearing you, you, you don't work. It, it, at least yeah. in music together what are the things that you collaborate on either artistically or professionally if there was any or if there is any
1: well i mean i if he were out there performing which he's not doing too much of now but when he does perform in new orleans and other places i'm good at helping him with this pr
2: oh. so, because
1: it's very different than it was when he was in the business more right. and also you know we're good at like comedic writing, that kind of stuff. And he also played in my show. Could you help John L? <laughs> <laughs>
2: comedic writing, it writes yeah. itself. Oh, well, he's
1: very funny. He's much more funny than mm. me, but he's, he's very creative.
2: That's amazing. Okay, so you still have mm-hmm. certain things that mm-hmm. you support each other. Like I think I feel, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, it's very important for partners to support each other in as many things as what they do As possible, Not necessarily to be a stage boyfriend or stage husband or stage girlfriend, but to be able to be there either as an audience or a fan. But more importantly, like you, it's like marketing.
1: I know. I know. Well, that's a big part of it. I think a lot of people, you might notice that a lot of stars are married to their managers
2: Mm.
1: or they're married to their producers. And, you know, at least when they're starting out (laughs) and then they dump them. (laughs) <laughs> but um, I think, you know, a lot of artists are looking for that type of, I wouldn't say Spangali, but, you know, relationship that's, you know, fostering what they do. Um, you know, it can be hard if two people are trying to make it in the same field and they're not, they both want to be the front person.
2: Got it. Yeah. I feel like yeah, two of the same... I think tangential fields will be good. But mm-hmm. if you're like both burlesque performers or both singers or both dancers, mm-hmm. I feel that there yeah. might be friction with regards to even just or, getting gigs.
1: Yeah, or, or if you're their boss. I think ah. there was a little bit of that when I was he was playing in my show because I started bossing him around. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably felt more comfortable doing that with
0: him because he's your significant other yeah, than you would have it- with...
1: He was not, (laughs) that did not go well with him. I mean, he's not like, you know, yes, dear. He's not that type of a personality. Um, Which is good, right? Would you like mm, it if you were? No, no, if he was those you know type of goobery guys <laughs> but even natasha when she first met him i, I don't think she natasha was a sword swallower in the show she hasn't been in the show a while but she didn't know She who would he was. turn the
0: swords around in her mouth yes, janelle and, and she crazy. didn't have one of the spiral ones that some people use now it was a regular sword. sword
1: and a, she would turn it we don't know how she's still alive but <laughs> anyway um, she started bossing him around and then she got mad because he wasn't doing what she told him and she said I put on the Merv Griffin show and like Merv Griffin <laughs> it was like, 30 years ago <laughs> Merv Griffin and he was like what the hell
0: <laughs> she had someone for that though
1: yeah she had her her you know slave
0: yeah handlers. have you ever had a
1: slave um unfortunately no no okay no I haven't
0: I did really briefly mm-hmm. but they were terrible at it so they had to mm-hmm. go
1: <laughs> I, I would like. I did have a
0: sherpa for a long time that would carry my bag to and from a stage, and now I'm hoping my boyfriend will do that most of the time.
2: It's <laughs> yeah. heavy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I need a sherpa. My bag's
2: like sixty pounds at least every show. Wow, I see. I see all this bag guys like you know just lugging that around the subways. No, I'll pass.
1: Yeah. Well, she had to find one because she was carrying around swords. Ooh. So this is like a forty-pound bag at least, right? Or I don't know. How did much. she sleep with him? Who knows. I don't know. Maybe she I let mean- him touch her feet.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would be nice if he was able to sleep with her so he could have found out how the sword swallowing is. No. L. no. I don't know.
0: How how people swallow swords. There's yeah. three gag reflexes. You just mm-hmm. have to control them. Most women know how to control one. That's <laughs> really
1: think that's where he was going with that yes
0: yes mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. <laughs> i know but it was just like kind of sad so that's, <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. that's uh, everybody says that i knew <laughs> where
0: he was going um so you you were in burlesque when it started its revival mm-hmm. right in the mm-hmm. 90s yeah and then uh you inherited so that was at the blue angel or before the blue angel
1: no i was um doing my own cabaret shows and i had a lot of burlesque elements because i moved from New Orleans and burlesque never really died there. So there's, was always the, the strip shows burlesque. And, um, so I had those elements in my cabaret show. And then I first fell upon the blue angel and, um, she just kind of allowed everybody to come and perform. And it just, you know, those were the seeds of burlesque and then it, you know, blossomed into that.
0: Okay. In the Uh nineties. And is the, The Blue Angel, um, I've heard of the uh, revival of the 90s being Dirty Martini Mm -hmm. and Julie Atlas Mm -hmm. music. They were all a part
1: of that? No, they weren't. They weren't a part of that. Um, This was like 94, and I'm not sure when they started, but um, I think Dirty was... Doing it even in Europe, she told me, like in Eastern Europe and Slovenia or someplace like that. Oh, God, if she hears this. So, Velocity oh, was might. at the Blue Angel. Velocity was at the Blue Angel, Flambeau, um, Tanya, Queen of Magic. Um, I'm probably forgetting some people, and like Flambeau, and then, oh, um, the Bindle Stiffs. The Bindle Stiffs were yeah. there. And um, then from when it Close. Um, one of the performers, Selena Vixen, she started The Red Vixen, okay. and then came in Dirty Martini, Julie Atlas Muse, and then uh, The Vava Voom Room came mm-hmm. a little bit after that. I think The Red Vixen might have still been going on. Like, all of these shows overlapped at one point. Sure. I'd say after 96 or something, they were all still going on and kind of overlapping each other. And back then,
0: uh, you've told me stories, at least about I think the Blue Angel, Mm -hmm. that it was uh, much more performance art. Something about spaghetti and
1: yeah, we had oh, um, uh, not I was was, was, going to say pseudo. There was a woman named Sudo, and she was studying psychology, and so she did all these crazy acts to kind of test the audience response. And she had one act that she would um, have a big trough, and it was filled with spaghetti. And she would urinate in that and then throw it on the un- unsuspecting audience. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it was high art. It was low art. <laughs> it was just a crazy, you know, self-expression. And it's kind of wonderful in that way because you could really work on an act and work it out. Yeah. You know, once I started selling theater tickets in Layskine, I was like, you know, I can't really experiment too much on here. I have to... Well,
0: and back really. then you were kind of one mm-hmm. of the more normal, classic-ish performers <laughs> in comparison to those other performers, right?
1: I I was probably like tame. The, you I were was tame. the only, um, you know, fan dancer okay. at that time, and that's why um, with the Red Vixen, Dirty Martini, and I weren't booked a lot of times at the same night, so we didn't get to know each other till the va va Room. Okay, but. Um, you know, I was still pretty out there when I think about it, because I would start, you know, completely dressed, and sometimes I'd end up completely naked singing a song. I don't yeah. know why, but yeah, my friend said I was a little bit more like Heidi in there compared to... you know, What I was, was very... the style of bush back then? Was it a full bush um, or... No, we weren't 1960. We were 1990, <laughs> so... Uh you know we all trend. I didn't have a bush then. <laughs> she was still a baby. So it was it was a it was a
0: uh, it was a, it was a triangle?
1: triangle but it was, it was trim. Or, or, or the runway. Or I was okay. to runway calling. I think it was yeah. a 90s kind of thing. Sorry, yeah. I don't know. It definitely was not that 60s. Oh my god, the Planet of the Apes thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so
0: um when did the Blue Angel close? Um let
1: me see. It it I took it over in 2001, and um, it was a hostile takeover. No, it wasn't (laughs) because she gave it to me, but then she decided that she didn't want me to keep the name, and I really wasn't going to take it without keeping the name because Mm -hmm. it's just too hard to start something from scratch. But um, she made me change the name, and then it became Lace Scandal, and then it went through a, a lot of different changes. In 2001? Yeah, about 2001, because I was running it with her. I was running the Blue Angel with her, and then, yeah, I remember, because 9-11 happened when I was oh. running it. So, um, yeah, it was 2001. Okay, and
0: so that makes you New York's longest running, right? That's We always say that, is that? Yes, we
1: say <laughs> that. Um, there was a super room that was running, I think, since 98 or 99. Okay. Um, but he had... I mean it as a show, because he had a lot of different shows there. Right. Um, but, you know, not to take away from that. That's them, Ballyhoo. Say, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you Tell me you didn't mind if I called it the longest running. Cause That's nice that you asked. It was, yeah. yeah. When I went to his website and I saw he had the longest running burlesque, and I'm like, oops. Or <laughs> 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 variety show, I think he said.
0: Oh, okay. So, I'm like, hmm. um, so how do you feel like burlesque has evolved since you started?
1: Um, well, first good, of all... What's good, what's bad? Oh, <laughs> gee. No, no, to names. no. names. Off. No.
0: No, just your opinion. You can't um, piss people off with your opinion. It's yours.
1: Yeah, I think that, um... Well, first of all, we realize that our costumes... When we first went to Teaserama in 2001 in New Orleans, we were like, oh, my God, our costumes. Because people that have cars and live in cities where they can put things in a car... And we were just dragging everything around in our suitcases like we do now. Um, <laughs> they actually had props and and gorgeous costumes, so we knew we had to step it up a little bit. So I think that was the turning point. Okay. And um, it was a little. It was very much performance art when it started, and it's become a lot of. Um, you know, stripping out of a $1,000 costume. Yeah. There's a little bit more of that. But there's also a lot of very creative. I mean, it's certainly, I would say it's more polished now. Yeah. Definitely more polished. I think
0: it's more polished than mm-hmm. since when I started, which was a little over a decade ago now. Wow. Um, but back then, there wasn't a lot of classic. um mm-hmm burlesque in the city and now it's everywhere and everybody has it and everybody's sparkly and it kind Mm -hmm. of takes away from the impact that it has over audiences for me um, when everybody's sparkly and fan dancing and fabulous I liked the performance art stuff I I thought there was something rebellious and badass about Uh it and and I think some of the favorite performers right now still have that edge and that's why they're so popular
1: Definitely, most definitely. And also, I mean, it was still very underground, you know, it was still very edgy. Mm -hmm. People would always ask, what's the difference between stripping and burlesque? And they don't really ask that now anymore. And I actually had trouble finding burlesque performers when I started Lace Scandal. And now there's just so many of them. And a big difference is that Now people will send a resume and um, video, which of course I expect that, but um, they'll tell me where they graduated college and they studied, you know, fine (laughs) arts and, and it was really not like that at all. I mean, it was considered, you know, very underground and, and strippers that were dancing in clubs are like, how much do you get paid? $50? No, I think I'll pass on that. And then theater people were like, you show your, your breast and your ass and so they it was still there was a bit of a taboo to it
0: and now um i think Mm -hmm. you've mentioned to me that you and please correct me if i'm wrong that you prefer Mm -hmm. acts that are more of a concept than Mm -hmm. just a straight stripping number
1: well i mean i really like it all but i'm in times square i'm in a, a theater row type place and so i have certain restrictions with also with the venue yeah i know i I can't do my smoking act (laughs) i know i used to have fire and the ceiling's a little low so i'm restricted a little bit in that and i had um some really (laughs) my dear dear friend rosewood one time and they you know the whiskey act no i mean i think he just simulated something coming out of his rectum i didn't uh-huh. it really came out but somebody videotaped it somebody wrote a letter and yeah was this whole big scandal so well that's that's uh-huh. good yeah mm-hmm. good yeah, advertisement it was a scandal, that scandal. I mean I thought it was genius but um,
0: I think that's what's kind of fun though especially mm-hmm. with your show because you get a lot of people that are uh, bachelor parties bachelorette mm-hmm. parties and really have probably not seen those Mm -hmm. seedy, like random shows Mm -hmm. that are all around the city. They come there with this idea of like burlesque, the movie. They do. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so when you have those sort of Mm otter acts in there and they do Mm -hmm. that, it really shocks them and and makes for an interesting night that they didn't know they bargained for. Yes,
1: that's very true.
0: And so what do you think is the secret to your success of keeping it running so long?
1: (laughs) 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 Stupidity. Blindly go in and don't think about it too much. Just never give up, even yeah. if everything's telling you you should. I know. Don't look at how much money you're spending. Or making. You really. I know somebody said, you know, you need to have a business plan. And I'm like, uh, no, if you look at a business plan, you might not do it. I mean, you do have to have, I think, to be an entrepreneur, you really have to be able to take risk. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you have to be a little bit impulsive with that. And then, um, you know, just persistence. Yeah. And, and have maybe a more intuitive um, feeling about, you know, um, marketing and stuff like that. Because you think about people. Marketing's hard. Marketing's
0: hard. and For me, not for John L., but for me. <laughs> no, but my marketing
2: is way different than this. Because this is, this is a, the pulse of the people. You are, mm-hmm. you're really just being in the wave of who is in near or interest that may or is very subjective. My stuff, I have numbers. I'm very, very yeah. easy. They just need to make pivot tables and it's okay. This See, one I don't is,
1: even know what a pivot table is. Yeah, 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 me either.
2: Excel sheets, very sexy.
1: Well, I like a good Excel sheet. Excel but pivot tables, tables. I, I think a lot of personal, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people that, come and see my show. So I think I'm good with customer relations. I don't know. I take a lot of shit from them. But it's that's where my strength is. My,
2: I always, or everybody think, everybody who is a marketing professional will always say word of mouth is still king Absolutely. in anything. So if the show has been on for so long, it's because a few people told another group of people mm-hmm. who told another group of That's people. That's very true. I and get a lot of repeat people. There you go. So it's, it's, it's something that is of the person. It's not, it's, it's part hard work, but part, mm-hmm. I guess, how you were just born.
1: Well, also, if it's, if it's been out there a long time, it has a presence exactly. on Google. So it would come up more easily. Yep.
2: Inertia. So if you've been mm-hmm. doing it and doing it and mm-hmm. doing it. It's kind of hard to stop. I, I'm assuming it's hard to stop now.
1: No, it is because when I first started, I thought, well, you know, as soon as I start losing money, I'm going to stop this. And then when I started losing money, I was like, no, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going. And, and I kept it going. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a great show.
2: I'm, I'm missing out. I'm in it. I'm in it. <laughs> I'm there. I was there last week. It was great.
0: And so before you got married, um, mm-hmm. did you use any of the dating apps? Yeah, oh,
1: my God. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Which right. one's where you want? Oh, my God. <laughs> Loser.com. <laughs> We've been there. We've been there. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it was like a job. I remember one oh. time a friend of mine did it for me, and she just, I, I don't know, she had dates lined up for me for a week, and I'd go to the same place. And, oh, that's and funny. And it was funny, like the major D would seem coming and going, coming and going.
0: must have looked interesting (laughs) he's
1: like laughing about it did you
0: ever do um because uh in the 90s there was uh speed dating and there were my god
1: i did matchmakers i no, i didn't go to a matchmaker i did speed dating and i ran out of there with speed and i'm calling my (laughs) my friend going i can't tell you would believe the people in here because when you get into a certain age group oh my god and she's like no no go back go back deal with this and yeah, it was pretty, it, we, I didn't do it so much in the 90s. This was more like in the 2000s. Okay. Yeah, I think there might, maybe you should do that, John About
2: speed dating? Yeah.
1: Try to
0: find a speed dating thing.
2: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I'm, oh, I'm open to We should to do all that all just as like an experiment. I'm actually looking at this new website. It's called Talkify. So millennials have actually gone full circle now. So we. Oh, 10, right, yeah, 10, 20 years ago, people have been trying mm-hmm. to do apps to make it easy, mm-hmm. make it, interpersonal, just 12 oh, right. Oh, right, you sent me that right. article.
0: Now people don't like Tinder because it's not challenging mm-hmm. enough. Yeah,
2: Mike, fuck those people. <laughs> well, I'm fucking punch them in the face. If I, whoever, whoever was. Uh, they weren't Asian men. They weren't short Asian <laughs> men, but fuck it. But there's a, a site, and we're not sponsored by this, but if Talkify, if you're listening, I'm plugging your shit because it's interesting. You're actual real matchmakers.
0: Okay. Oh,
2: wow. You pay 99 bucks, you get at least three dates within a year. Uh-huh. Oh. I think that's worth it. Yeah, There's mm-hmm. a little bit more personal touch, but we're going full circle now. Mm-hmm. We've tried to build machines to match us with people. and Now we're going back to people.
0: Well, it's hard because mm-hmm. the, they can only match what's on paper and That's that true. doesn't mm-hmm. account for the pheromones and, you know, yes, yes. just yeah. a, a rhythm sort of that everybody has. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah. Now no, I have a question though. Um, are you guys considered mul- millenniums? Millennials? Uh, millennials. <laughs> Technically, millennials. We, we
2: are at that year. But the thing mm-hmm. with what well, there's also a, a big cap that says there's Just, no such thing as a millennial because mm-hmm. in every generation, there's the generation that is complaining about the generation prior. So that's right. always going to be. But I guess... Um,
0: Technically, we're millennials, mm-hmm. but but there was... There's two groups of them. There's mm-hmm. two groups. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to associate myself mm-hmm. with them because I don't share the really extreme parts Mm -hmm. of the millennials. And I think John kind of doesn't either. So, but, but yeah, but I also Mm -hmm. recognize the problem. And I also think that growing up in um, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. I have a little bit different um, set of morals and work ethic and things like Mm -hmm. that, that are kind of lacking in a lot Mm -hmm. of millennials. Unfortunately, I I
2: I have a couple of millennial employees now, and it's really, really difficult. Like,
0: So do you remember K.A. Phil that wrote us a mm-hmm. question uh, several months back? He actually is the, or at least he was when it came out. I don't know if that's still true. The only person to write a book about managing millennials. So you should get Phil's book. Uh,
2: K.A. Phil, hook a brother up. <laughs> he was gonna
0: give me one last time, and we met, and he, we forgot about yeah. it. But um it's a, yeah, I, I, it's, I it's read, a different bag. It's a,
2: Everybody's read, on their phone, uh, and, and and you can't push them too hard because they might stunt fragile. their growth. So I was like,
0: is sh- that really something people say? Uh, You're yeah. gonna stunt my growth by pushing me? Well, it's the, the thing is, like,
2: sometimes when you, nowadays uh, in, encouragement is a premium, like. When you do metrics, it's not to, it's not to penalize people. But I to wish
0: our audience could s- see my face right now. <laughs> it's like
2: metrics. If you're failing in certain things, it's not actually a bad thing. It's a conversation starter on what mm. you can oh
1: improve my God. in your work. Oh my God. They should have the balls so, that my generation had. <laughs> yes, and that's yes. the thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, my question was, do men court women the way that, like, take them on a date? Do they take them out to dinner? Do they take them to the movies? No, there- yeah. Oh, that's bad. No, so a first date they- is drinks, and mm-hmm. usually they are expecting drinks and
0: sex, or first hoping, or hoping oh, wow. for drinks and sex yep. on the first date. No mm-hmm. dinner. Um, so I am old-fashioned in that way, yeah. so I will go for the drinks. There will almost never be sex, mm-hmm. and um, if the date... If the drinks go well, maybe I would Mm -hmm. have dinner that night. But usually it's one hour in and out. It's psycho screening because I'm meeting them off of an app. I just want to see that they look like someone who I might at right. some point have sex with
2: it's a job interview just
0: it's a job interview and mm-hmm. then the second date would be the dinner um mm-hmm. with me but some people do a second date where it's maybe an activity or they okay. go to a movie but like they do definitely think so still but yeah but not dinner mm-hmm. and a movie and all of that on a first date it's not I, the same courting.
2: i think it's weird the generation now and i think i'm i'm in between because i grew up in the philippines where courting is a real thing yeah. like Courting meaning you go up to the person, maybe sometimes even the parents or the yeah, friends. Yeah, chaperones. Yeah. You, <laughs> a, a, even to the friends and say, like, I would like to court your friend. I would like to court you. And courting means I will just make you feel good and get let you get to know me and that's it. So I grew up partly like that and then I, 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 the, the latter part of my life I've been in New York. so. Uh, and, and here in New York, and the, the, the newer generation, it's weird because time is such a premium. They either do things that are a little too unique or super generic. There's no middle ground. Like, we'll either do the drink and talk real quick, and then maybe they will set up a second date, and that'll be the real first date with dinner and actual talking and looking at each other's eyes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Or um, because dating is so hard and you're only going to have one first impression with the person that you're going to meet off an app— you're gonna do an activity, go bouldering, um, like fucking bouldering. um, ghost hunting, do Pokemon catching in oh, Central wow. Park, stuff like that. So that's, that's what I was found... trying
0: to date younger women, though. Bonnie, that's, that's,
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to date, period.
0: Yeah, it's oh. true. His type, by the way, is tall redheads. Oh. I didn't tell John L. you were a redhead. I, I was gonna you say,
2: I, it's turning out to be a good night because at least I have one very attractive redhead in my apartment. Oh,
1: thanks. <laughs> Yeah, Is that he an meant you. He was
0: there. Yeah. No, it
1: was an insult to me. He meant oh. you.
2: Everybody knows that.
1: That's because she dressed up for us. I think that has to do with when you're attracted to somebody, you insult them because you feel. You
0: know, No, no he's well, just no. getting me back because I do
1: it to yeah. him all oh, day, every okay. day. And
2: that's so, a normal so conversation.
0: Bonnie, when I go mm-hmm. on dates, I don't usually tell them until maybe the third date that mm-hmm. I do burlesque stripping. Mm-hmm. Did you tell your – I mean, obviously, your husband
1: knows, but when uh-huh. you were single and dating, would you tell people that right away? Yes, I would, and um, it did freak a lot of people out. And I remember one guy coming to see my show, and he said, you know, she stripped for the whole world, but she wouldn't. You know, put she, out. She wouldn't date me or something like that. He wrote, and I was like, you know, I didn't strip for other people. It's a performance, so you have to kind of explain and and let me see what else. It, yeah, I mean, there was a certain stigma to it more than like a guy. There was, still is. Yeah, and yeah, they have to be open minded about it. Yeah,
0: and in the nineties, you said you used to do stripper grams. <laughs>
1: so what Um, did that entail okay um i did singing telegrams and stripograms and um you know you would go in a costume you'd go as a character so I might be a homeless person, or I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm applying for a job, and I'd go into an office, and I'd have my boom box because that's what they had then, and my tape, and I put it, you know, under the desk or something, and like I didn't even think about that. It'd be so much easier mm-hmm. now because you could just put it on your phone. Yeah. But back then, you had to no. Have whole you had boom this box. this whole big thing, and so I remember going into an office applying for a job, and it had my resume that I graduated Harvard or all these things, and and then he was asking me questions. Questions. Of course, I knew nothing about. And then, you know, you push the button and you jump up on the table and start dancing. And
2: that is, I mean, we should, we need more of that. that
1: I wanted to so send, I actually
0: wanted to send you something like that or something embarrassing I, to your workplace, Johnnell, but you're not allowed. I checked into it.
2: Oh, for real? Yeah. So I mean, that's was, the right question. The surprise
0: party was like a consolation prize because mm-hmm. he had his birthday just a couple of weeks ago because oh. I couldn't send anything to your office a human thing to your office
2: oh, yeah. because it's, it's yeah highly oh, secure but that's yeah. i mean no th- it
1: was so much fun because i remember being a bag lady and just crashing <laughs> people's <laughs> parties oh, and god. they would go oh my god who is that i'd you know you just go into character like you're drunk <laughs> and it starts stealing food and that's you know, hilarious their liquor. to be like a homeless mm-hmm. strip and then you just you know strip off the clothes and i'd have a beautiful gown underneath and and I think we got to bring that back. And one time I went to a, I think it was bachelor party, and I went as Barney. That was the joke, and they were <laughs> pissed. They were like, oh, "Well, who fucking sent Barney? I'm gonna kick his ass. we am gonna kick Barney's ass." And I'm
0: like, "Oh my god, I gotta get this off."
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. I mean, I I don't even
2: know if there we have enough people who will have. The guts and the gall to just jump in a place that is kind. For less dancers,
0: would to- totally do I that. No, but like
2: in a in a place that you don't know, like somebody's mm-hmm. office, because you wouldn't know how it will be received, who's there, mm-hmm. what's the environment, unless you do a lot I of mean, research. If
0: coming as Barney, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be like ridiculous enough that it'll be well received.
1: Well, I have to make a comment about that being well received because I remember there was. One stripogram that I was hired for, and a lot of these were just to a bikini. They weren't topless okay. in an office, and I went into um, the workplace was actually a, a graphic artist office, so there were a lot of artistic people there. And it was a woman that had hired me that worked there, but she asked me to keep her name like anonymous. So I went in there and I started doing my thing, and you know I had all these robes on and you know sexy. Type of lingerie, but it was really quite modest by today's uh-huh. standards, and some of the women there just freaked out. They said I was bringing, you know, the women's movement back fifty years, and I'm said to my, you know, they were really made me feel bad about it. Aww. and um, I. Said to her, "Well, you know, uh, this has nothing to do with equal pay for equal work. This is entertainment. And know? I'm being Either- paid well for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no.
2: It's, art. And, it's art and performance. And it
1: is art and performance. It's like, a gift. You know, don't you ever go to the museum and you see, and they just weren't having any of it. Yeah, my mom's yeah. kind of like
0: that. She doesn't think that it's." she thinks I'm setting the women's movement back and that there's no mm. way it's feminist.
1: <laughs> She's one of
0: those. There's different yeah. waves of feminism. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: I have never experienced a singing anything in anywhere. Aww. Like uh, not a singing telegram, not like a, so the closest I get will probably be carolers.
1: Who? Oh, cow- carolers.
2: Because like, uh-huh. they they go to your house or yes. go to your office and they'll sing, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to need to do something like this. It'd be like a inter- maybe not in an office but you know uh somebody's apartment it's like this seems very interesting
0: it's so hard though how do you know they're going to be home
2: no it's going <laughs> to be like a, a well,
1: usually it's a party and the people that hired mm, you are mm. brunch
2: party some, uh-huh. some, but that was something weird something unexpected cuz an mm-hmm. office that would've been
1: awesome oh yeah. it was so much fun really <sighs> because you get paid more than they're sitting there working all day and you know, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. What
0: Do you mind telling us what you used to get paid for that I mean, back
1: then? it wasn't a lot, but if you did like three a day, you know, they could be anywhere from $60 to 150 Okay.
2: At that time. And, and the
1: kids' shows, they were fun. They could be, well, the kids were always fun. The mothers were very uptight, except for if you were going into a Latin party. I mean, because then you'd have all three generations oh. there, and they're much more, I mean, it, they, I would get called for a, children's party at 10 o'clock at night yeah they're like what nationality oh they're latin you know so they're really
0: i did a new gig at the beer house the other day which is in midtown and Mm -hmm. that's like borderline i try to stay out of the zone where um my clients might be Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was an earlier gig and there was some younger people there and i was like am i stripping for children again because that's always a little bit awkward Yeah. yeah
1: that is weird
0: but it's a beer house so
2: it's a good gig okay bring it back um singing telegrams singing strippers strippergrams all those live performance stuff mm-hmm. bring it back kids did I you like have
0: it. did you have a question about it no you no just, just want like, me to bring it back Yeah, i that. want to
2: bring it back it's uh, it's not more of a question it's a request <laughs> it's for everybody else. you want
0: us to talk more about stripping
2: oh no it's good
0: like <laughs> it. <laughs> that's not that's not a lead anywhere. Nah,
2: nah. We're, we're, we're that was in. my
0: only question about the Stripograms, unless you had something else to what say was your
2: What was your favorite gig? <laughs> what was the most memorable gig for you? Um, I'm opening it up because it, it might be the Stripogram, might be just a regular burlesque gig that you've done. Oh,
1: you mean all gigs? I, I kind of liked, I mean, there's so many fun gigs. The Blue Angel was a great experience because it was very... Um, you know, experimental mm-hmm. and a place for you know creative growth. But I like singing, and I sang in um, Thailand for four months. Wow. So at the Oriental Hotel, so that was quite an experience. Singing overseas was great.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's weird because us uh, Filipinos culturally, again, we've talked about this in a previous episode. Our 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 number one export are are our people, and mm-hmm. part of it are a lot of big chunk of it were Entertainers, singers, mm-hmm. and whatnot. No, the,
1: the whole band was from the Philippines. There you go. So
2: um, it's always fascinating to see how, you know, other cultures that it might not be part of of uh, like a normal course of a career to mm-hmm. tour that far and that long. It might be a different experience, like, culturally as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a few burlesque performers that got to go to Asia and perform. I'm very jealous. Yeah. I would love to do
1: that. To fall yeah. all over the world. It's yeah. great. It's like a paid vacation in a lot
2: of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lo- you you give you get what much more than what you give because you're you're experiencing a whole different yeah. set of people, weather, language, food.
0: Absolutely. So, Bonnie, how do you feel? You did your first podcast. You oh, wanted to wow. be here. D- did you feel like you got to say everything you wanted to share?
1: Yes, definitely. Did it's you have like, a good time? I had a great time. Yep. It's just like chatting with old friends. <laughs>
2: and, a, and a stranger, I guess. In a stranger's bedroom. And <laughs> a, a stranger's bedroom in <laughs> Brooklyn. Yep.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks for listening. If you guys want to see Bonnie's show, uh, go to the website, which is? Layscandal.com. Perfect, and then you can follow um, my shows at I Love Burlesque NYC on Facebook uh, and you know Instagram and all that jazz. And Janelle, your do do you have your photos up right now?
2: Yep. Oh, uh, website is back. Okay. Uh, What's to- your website? Um because it's the holidays. I'm taking maybe more shoots, a little okay, bit more. Saw that. Um, and uh, again, more importantly, if you want to join the show, uh, send us topics, questions, uh, participate, maybe be a guest like Bonnie here, uh, send us an email at paretadicks at gmail.com.
0: Thank All you right? so much for being here, Thank Bonnie. You, Bonnie. Thank You're you, Bonnie. You're amazing.
2: And uh, thanks, guys. It's the app.
1: We're out. Bye. Right?